I want to talk about Jägermeister. Dad, what do you know about Jägermeister? I mean, well, really, all I know, it's got a really awesome stag logo. What, what else do I need to know about Jägermeister? Well, uh, you should know that you've been drinking it all wrong this entire time. Damn, that's cold. There's a right and wrong way to drink it? Yes, there is, Dad. You should be drinking it ice cold at zero degrees Fahrenheit, to be exact. Huh? Well, you know what? That explains a lot. I've just been pulling it straight off the shelf. Oh, Dad, I'm so glad I got to you in time. No, that is entirely wrong. The only way to serve Jägermeister is ice cold. So wherever you're at, if you're hanging out with friends or you're at the bar or you're helping your dear sweet father try and get right, call the shots. Cheers with ice cold shots of Jägermeister. Damn, that's cold. And remember to check out Jägermeister at www.draftkingsxjägermeister.com. Remember, drink responsibly. Jägermeister liqueur, 35% alcohol by volume. Imported by Mast Jägermeister US, White Plains, New York. Lots of things go better together. Hockey, food, golf, peanut butter and jelly, Gojo and Golik, Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. What? But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. You're listening to DraftKings Network. Welcome back to Gojo and Golik. The Lions are having a hell of a year. Detroit off to a 5-1 start for the first time since 2011. They have a three-game lead in the NFC North just six, week in, six weeks into the season. Top 10 offense and defense in terms of scoring. And how can you not love Dan Campbell? Check out his post-game speech that's going viral right now. I got a couple of things where it looked like I got in my back pocket. Anybody see what that is? Is that a five? I think that's a five. No. I think that's a five. I got something else here. It's fucking five. Five, gentlemen, that's an outstanding job. That's five. You guys earned it against a tough opponent. That's an outstanding job. Break it down. Bring it up, bring it up, bring it up, bring it up. Bring it up. Oh, you broke that boy. Hey, where the f***ing show up in a statement game on the road? Keep going. Win on three. One, two, three. Win. I mean, ready to run through a wall for Dan Campbell. Let's go. Oh, man. There's nothing better. There's nothing better than that right now. I'm telling you, between Dan Campbell and a little bit saltier Jared Goff, this team, (laughs) we knew they were a team already you didn't want to see walking through the back alley. We knew Dan Campbell said if you were hunting us, it wasn't going to be hard to find us. We were going to be right in your doorstep. But if that doesn't get you fired up, you got to check. That's what I mean. You know, they say you take on the personality of your head coach. I mean, 
that's that's football right there. Dan Campbell is a picture. Just say football and show a picture of Dan Campbell, <laughs> and you're good. He's a football guy. We got another football guy here to help us out here, and a fellow member of your draft class, man, so, class in 1985 going the, into the NFL. By the way, I'm looking at my draft class in 85. Eight of the first 10 picks were offense or defensive linemen. There we go. Yeah. That's a good draft right there. Bruce, and, Bruce Smith was number one. Lomas was number six. Lomas Brown, who's going to join us right now from the team I played for, Ray Childress was number three. But yeah, eight of the 10 were linemen. And Lomas and I, the only thing we have in common in our careers is we were both taken in 1985. After that, it separates. He was number six. <laughs> I was number 255. A <laughs> little bit different. Yeah. And, and going on to that, Lomas Brown, one of the all-time great Detroit Lions, a member of their 75th anniversary team, their all-time team, and now does a great job covering the team as well. Lomas, good morning. How you doing, man? Hey, man, I am great. It's great being on with you guys. Hey, look, looking at you guys, man, you would never think we were linemen. Oh, my God, man, you guys look great, man. Thanks. That's a, the way you got to go, there's I only two ways to go, right? So does yeah. he. I yeah, mean, he does. continuing the yep. proud trend of former <laughs> offensive linemen, yep. shedding the weight and looking good post-career when you don't got to actually be professionally big anymore, which is nice, but – uh, Lomas, let's talk about this year's Detroit Lions team because you've been associated with this franchise for a long time. You've seen some of the leaner years that this yeah. team and this fan base have gone through. What's it been like around the team in Detroit watching the climb that Dan Campbell and company have been on here since he arrived in Detroit? You know, the one thing, it's been fast. It's been faster than I think a lot of people thought because you think about it, going into his third year, he's changed the whole culture around. I'm talking about from top all the way down to the bottom. And the fans, man, they're all bought in now. I mean, you can see how the fans travel. You can see how they show up at home games. We have a home field advantage now at Ford Field when the opposing teams come there. There's so much excitement here in the state of Michigan for this team. And I think everybody is bought in. It, it took a while because you had the same old Lions. You know, that was that just permeated here for about 30 years. Now you don't hear that anymore. People expect this team to win, and I think they expect to win when they show up each and every Sunday. Lomas, you got to Detroit, as we mentioned, in 85. You were there till 95 before you started going to a few teams. So you had a, most of your career there in Detroit. Mm -hmm. Talk about then and just how the losing kind of weighs heavier and heavier on you, something that Detroit is working through now. Yeah, it really does. And and, and you're right about that. And, and it was so heavy here. It really was. I mean, again, 91 was the last playoff victory we had here. 93 was the last divisional champion uh, uh, winning the NFC, uh, our division here. So it's been a long time. And the fans have gone through a lot of things. We've gone through a lot of heartache here. Uh, but we've gone through a lot of coaches, a lot of different staff that really hadn't gotten it done. This is the first staff from top to bottom. We're talking about all the way up that really gets it, that's really put their stamp on this organization. And I think these players, put it this way, Mike, this is the first time that Detroit has been a destination spot for free agents. They didn't even want to come here to play unless you overpaid them. Now they want to come here and play for this organization and Dan Campbell. It really is an incredible testament 
to the culture he's built. What we know, although, is that culture, as it gets set, that foundation, it's passed on and belongs to the players. And the other voice we heard and talked about in that video was Jared Goff. What has he done that's impressed you during now his second act as an NFL player with this team since he came over in that trade? So, so think about this. Think about this scenario. Okay, you're in Los Angeles. You get discarded out of Los Angeles, the place where you played high school ball and played your college ball at, and you live. You get discarded. You get sent to the Midwest to a team you really know any don't know anything about. You don't know any of the teammates. You don't know anything about the culture of this organization. You're brought here, and even the fans, when Jared first got here, they just looked at Jared as a stopgap. Okay, he'll be here for a year or two. We brought him in for Matthew. He'll be gone. We're looking for our quarterback. Man, all Jared has done is put his stamp on this organization, this city that, look, I am the man, I'm the quarterback to lead this team, and he's gone out and he's played. To me, I'm telling you, you have to talk about this guy when you start talking about MVP candidates. He has to be one of these guys. You look at his numbers, his numbers stack up with these other guys in this league. He may not have the fancy or, you know, it, it may not have all the bells and whistles like all those other guys, but Jared is just as good, and I think he should be considered as an MVP candidate when they bring that out. Yeah, like you said, Mike, he's play, definitely playing with an edge yeah. now, no no doubt about it. Talk about, because you went through a few head coaches, and with Dan, I remember, listen, as all of us as former players, when we all heard Dan Campbell's first press conference about, <laughs> about biting kneecaps and the toughness, all I know is as if I was a player on that team, I'd have been going, oh, no, training camp is going to be so hard. It's going to be so tough. But talk about when you had new coaches – what made you try and buy into them? And it didn't work a lot, unfortunately, during your time there. What's different here about them, these players, buying into what Dan Campbell is selling? Yeah, so full disclosure, you know me and Dan played together for two yes. years when I was with the Giants. So he was my tight end. He was in his second year. I was in my 15th year. You knew it was something different about the guy. You just couldn't put your finger on it and say, oh, he's going to be a great coach or he's going to be a pretty good coach in this league. But you knew it was something different about him. And you could see it with these guys. Oh, my goodness, man. Look, this dude gets down there. You're talking about us being in shape. Man, I mean, I'll put him up against any head coach in the league. He, get, he does up-downs with the guys. He's one of the guys. He's in that locker room. He played the game for eight, nine years. So he knows everything that these guys are going through and that they will go through. He knows how to push the right buttons to get what he needs to get out of these guys. And I'm telling you, he has been a master motivator, man. Like I said, his stuff may not be up on the TEDs and all these different platforms and things like that, but I tell you what, he got these 53 guys ready to run through a wall each and every Sunday, and you know you're going to have to play the Lions for a full 60 minutes when you get ready to play one of Dan Campbell's teams. I mean – blocking next to Dan Campbell. If you're playing tackle, he's playing tight end here. I got to imagine he was a real sicko trying to block guys off the right based on what we see now, right? Oh, 
Man, the dude, he he was special. He was a little touched, dude. Now, you know, you guys know, you got to be a little touched to play football. So he was a little touched, too. <laughs> I can imagine. Another guy that seems to be in that mold who's produced really well in year two is Aiden Hutchinson. As someone who used to have to go up against some great pass rushers in this league, what have you seen out of him in year two that's allowed him to kind of take what appears to be from the outside looking in that next step as a young player? Yeah, I, I didn't think you could be any more relentless. But this dude, as they talk about Max Cosby and some of those guys that got have great molders, you could put Aiden Hutchinson right in that category. The dude is relentless, man. He's always coming. And he's a very, very good athlete. I didn't know he was that well of an athlete, you know, looking at him from Michigan. But the last two years, getting a chance to watch him, he is a very, very good athlete, has cat-quick instincts. and But he's still learning. And you guys know, man, the NFL, it's a process. You have to learn how to play and become a pro and be that type of player in the NFL. He's still learning, but, man, the sky's the limit for Aiden Hutchinson. And I think his infection, meaning, it, it, you know, the way he plays, it rubs off on the rest of those guys on that defense. And those guys are playing like their hair on fire. Four and a half sacks this year for Aiden. And I love how they're moving him, right end, left end, going in the in, inside yes. at times as well, really doing a nice job of moving him along the line. So, Lomas, like I said, this is it's a great story. It's a fun story. But at some point there's got to be a payoff, right? So, so when when we when we wade through all of that, what does this team need to do as far as production by the end of the year and where they need to go to say, "Okay, this is a real story, not just a fun story." So, Mike, so I know the expectations are crazy around here now. You're hearing Super Bowl. You're hearing everything around here now. Coming into the season, my goal was for us to win the division, win our division, and win a playoff game. That was my hopes. That was my goals coming into the season. I'm quite sure Dan Campbell, Brad Holmes, and the organization, their goals are far beyond that, you know, that they're thinking about doing. But I tell you what, the biggest thing and the thing that really scares me, and I know we can't help that, is the health of the team. That's the biggest deterrent to, I think, the Lions really getting to where they want to be at towards the end of the season. Of course, you see David Montgomery. He's down for a while we uh, started Tampa Bay game without two of our starters in the backfield uh, missing old offensive linemen so it's been a challenge um, you know really trying to put healthy bodies in place so I think that's the biggest thing if they just keep playing the hard-nosed brand of football that Dan Campbell has them playing the offense just keeps doing what they're doing I think we could be Again, like I say, I want the division and I want a home playoff game so we could kick some butt at home. When you look and talk about winning that division, which they were the favorite coming into yeah. the season, those were all the things that I think you're right. The outside world at the beginning of the season expected for this team. Where do you see them in the NFC hierarchy now? We saw this past weekend, both the undefeateds that were remaining in Philadelphia and the 49ers lost. You had the Dallas Cowboys take a bad loss a week ago before that win last night on Monday Night Football. How do you group them in amongst the top teams in the conference? Well, I know we get a chance to play Dallas. So I would say San Fran, uh, San Fran, Philadelphia, Dallas, and us. 
I'll put us in that 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 four team group right there. And like I say, I know we get the opportunity later on in the year to uh, play the Dallas Cowboys down there um, in Dallas. So we'll get the opportunity to go head to head with them. Probably won't see those other two guys till we get in the playoff situation. So I, I think I would throw the Lions as maybe the third, the fourth best team in the NFC right now. Um, looking at the rest of the NFC, that's where I see us at and, and can improve. We still have room to improve. Um, so, yeah, that's where I'm looking at. Yeah, and as you mentioned, out of those teams we talked about, you just play the Cowboys, and that's second-last game, December 30th uh, at Dallas for that one. So last one, Lomas, Battle Royale, WWE. We all love watching that. <laughs> all 32 head coaches are in the ring. Who's the last man standing? Dan Campbell, man. Come on, man. Dan, this cock these. I'm a, you know who I'm going to say the showdown will be between? It's going to be between Dan, Dan Campbell and Andy Reid. Cause I'm telling you, man, Andy, Andy got Reed? that. Andy got that girth, man. Look, it's hard ah. getting around that girth ah. and maneuvering around all that girth. So I could see Andy as being one of the last man standing, but I got to give it to Dan Campbell. I think Dan will take him down. Oh my gosh, I can't. Andy, <laughs> Andy Reid be gassed. You know, here's who yeah. I put as the last, <laughs> the last three in the ring. Here's what I would have: Dan Campbell. I think he would win. D'Amico Ryan's Ooh, and, and Mike Vrabel. Vrabel's a big boy. Vrabel's yeah, a big boy. That is true. That you know, you did pick out some uh some good ones. Who would be the fourth guy? So out of Andy Reid, who's who would you put up against Andy Reid? What coach would you put up against him? Ooh. Wow. What, Pete Carroll? What what Pete, you, you know who's Pete, you know, Belichick maybe? You know who's getting tossed out early is Mike McDaniel from the to the Dolphins. He weighs about a buck ten, right? Someone's just gonna pick him up and hoist him out of the ring. You know what? I'd say Andy Reid and maybe Brian Dable. Similar body types here. There you Tough go. Center of gravity. Tough gravity. Yeah. I like yeah. that. <laughs> Two sumo guys in there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Andy. What Andy. would be interesting is who teams up in there. To say, let's team up and throw this guy out of the ring. Right? That is that is true. I mean, it feels like, based on some of the Spygate stuff, Bill Belichick might be teaming up with somebody yeah. there. A little bit back from me to try and figure out how to take him down there. I'm going to be imagining Andy Reid as a sumo oh, wrestler now for the so rest good. of the day because of Lomas here. Lomas, oh, we can't thank you enough, man. This Lomas. was a blast. Uh, congratulations to the Lions. I'm sure it's got to be fun as an alum watching all this covering the team. Thanks so much. And hopefully we'll get to talk to you again here soon. Absolutely. As this season keeps marching towards hopefully that division championship and more. Man, anytime y'all need the big fella, give the big fella a ring. I got you. Thanks, <laughs> Lomas. I see you in the road this Appreciate year, man. Take care. Lomas, Thank buddy. you. <laughs> He's such a good dude. Oh, he, he really – Well, and he mentioned something here that I want to show – talking about the Detroit Lions and that road presence. This was what we had, the video of the Lions celebrating right. on the road in Tampa after that win this last weekend. Look at this. No, oh, JK, we don't have that. We thought Just we did. Envision, Just imagine. Imagine in your head a bunch of Detroit Lions fans. blue. Tampa, yeah. Which yeah. is one of Detroit's primary colors. Yes, and it is. In the stands. There you normally, go. you'd imagine Tampa Bay Buccaneers fans would have been. Yeah. But instead, it was Detroit Lions. Let's see, because I've been part of the last three weeks where the traveling team, but they're traveling teams you expect this out of. So three weeks ago, I was in Vegas, and they played Pittsburgh. And it was also Vegas, where everybody... Right. By and large, but right. especially those Steelers fans that are insane. So then I was in Vegas in the best again, way. and it was Green Bay, which travels well. And then last night here in L.A. with the Chargers, it's the Cowboys. 
who travel well. There was a lot. So you don't think of it when you think of Detroit. But, man, these fans have something to cheer about now, so they are going to start traveling well. And it's a color that really pops in the stadium, too. We saw that that night one, honestly, because those stadiums, too, you mentioned Las Vegas out here in SoFi. They're kind of destinations for everybody. Right, right. They're environments where you already question what kind of reception the home team's going to get in any given night. Last, I was genuinely confused at so many different junctures last night who the crowd wanted to win. I agree. Between the Chargers yes. and the Cowboys. I kept thinking I had a beat on it every once in a while, and it would go away. Place I was most awed by the Lions fan base was night one. We were in Kansas City at mm-hmm. Arrowhead, which is one of the more loud, raucous, best home and fan home base friendly environment. Group. Yeah, yeah. And we looked and we saw a lot yeah, we did. of blue. Really contrasted with the red very well. Yeah, right? no, yeah. It, uh, it yeah. was a very nice look in that. But, Dad, I, I think he's got the order right. I think we talked about the NFC hierarchy a little bit before. That quartet sits at the top. I think the Seattle Seahawks, and then you start to get to the Los Angeles Rams outside of that. In the side of football that we know lacks the quality depth that its counterpart in the AFC does, especially with what's going on in divisions like the AFC North, where I feel like we've kind of done this throughout the season with that division in particular, but now looks so strong. But for the Lions, they've really put themselves in that group by what they've done on defense with Aiden Hutchinson and company. But to his point, injuries in that secondary, injuries in other spots are what you worry about most on doing some of that progress. It's the one thing, obviously, you can never predict. It's attrition, you know, if you and again, it's not a matter of if somebody gets hurt, it's when. When do they get hurt? How bad do they get hurt? How much time do they have to miss? We talked about Montgomery uh, going to be out for a bit. He talked about some DBs out, some old linemen. Every team goes through that. And a lot of times there's a team or two that we call the MASH unit that has an unbelievable amount of injuries that you never see coming. So then it's all about if you have those injuries, how long are they out? How do you hold up while they're out? And then can they be healthy for a run at the end of the year? And that That's what we run into because we can pick the top teams. But all of a sudden, if for some reason Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuel missed a ton of time yep. in San Francisco, we're looking at it completely differently. Now, it doesn't look like that's going to happen, but that's what that's what is the demise of some teams. All we know is right now, we've mentioned Dan Campbell showing that five off. They got five right now. They are five and one for the first time since 2011. They've won four consecutive games by double digits for the first time since 1991. The offense is averaging the fourth most points per game on the season, and the defense is allowing the seventh fewest yards per game at this point. That is who the 2023 Detroit Lions are, and that is a far cry from where we've seen them in the history of the NFL in my lifetime. Coming up next, let's look at more of the present of the NFL. It is Tuesday, which means it's time for some superlatives. Next, here on Gojo I want to talk about Jägermeister. Dad, what do you know about Jägermeister? I mean, well, really, all I know, it's got a really awesome stag logo. What what else do I need to know about Jägermeister? Well, uh, you should know that you've been drinking it all wrong this entire time. Damn, that's cold. There's a right and wrong way to drink it? Yes, there is, Dad. You should be drinking it ice cold at zero degrees Fahrenheit, to be exact. Huh? Well, you know what? That explains a lot. I've just been pulling it straight off the shelf. Oh, Dad, I'm so glad I got to you in time. No, that is entirely wrong. The only way to serve Jägermeister is ice cold. So wherever you're at, if you're hanging out with friends or you're at the bar or you're helping your dear sweet father try and get right, call the shots. Cheers with ice cold shots of Jägermeister. Damn, that's cold. And remember to check out Jägermeister at www.draftkingsxjägermeister.com. Remember, drink responsibly. Jägermeister liqueur, 35% alcohol by volume. Imported by Mast Jägermeister U.S., White Plains, New York. 
Welcome back to Gojo and Golik. Another week, another opportunity to dole out superlatives. Fellas, week six, hand them out. Let's go. Yeah, we got some good ones for week six this week. We're finally getting into a little bit of rhythm. We're past the quarter pole mark, which means now we get to a little self-evaluation, some self-scout, go forward, try and be the best version of ourselves, just like all these teams are going to be. So let's start off with a few superlatives here with this first one, Dad. Taking care of business award for week six in the NFL. There were a lot of upsets this weekend. A lot of teams got the job done that they were supposed to, though. Who in your mind did the best job of getting it done? You can look at teams like the Bengals, yeah. the Vikings who were limping into this game, the Rams, the Jags. Who you got? I'm saying Jacksonville. You know, everybody, we, we all thought that they were the cream of the crop of that division, right? And all of a sudden it was way closer than we thought. Sure. And I think they kind of reestablished 37-20 win over Indy. Again, without Anthony Richardson, Minshew was the starter there, backup. But I think they're the team we still expect to come out of there. And that was kind of a game that looked like okay, that's the team we thought we were going to be getting that was going to win that division. Yeah, no, I mean, that makes a lot of sense. And I think in the last couple of games we've seen, going back to London, their future home, the Jacksonville Jaguars offensively started to really settle in. It wasn't so much last game, but the game before, you really saw that Calvin Ridley connection right, starting to develop there with Trevor Lawrence. And so still looking for the best to continue to develop out of those. But I'm with you. Big one there. I got to go the Cincinnati Bengals. Though. Right. Yeah. I think this is back to back weeks now where they had to put it together. We knew they were on the ropes, all the different things about the start they had had relative to where they wanted to get, which is back to the postseason after a slow start. They're back to beat three and three now. And while so much of the focus was understandably going to be on Joe Burrow and the offense and what they did coming off that Jamar Chase game. After it. Especially, there were multiple drives in the second half of that game where Geno Smith and that Seahawks offense made their way down to the red zone. And time and time again, that defense, Lou Anarumo's bunch, turned them back. Uh, you look at the defensive front seven that they've got, I thought showed up in a game where Seattle got guys back healthy in that game. Charles Cross, a couple of guys in the offensive line were back to help them out. And that group stood tall in a division right now where there's really no margin for error because of the quality of the defense oh around that division. Whatever you think of the Pittsburgh offense and what that group's going to be under Kenny Pickett and company, whatever you think of the Browns offense that was led by PJ, uh, you know, PJ Walker, Walker yeah. in this yeah. last game, instead of a banged up Deshaun Watson, you've got three of the best defenses in football that live in that division. And while on paper, you might put the Bengals fourth in that group. It's only because between, Pittsburgh, Baltimore, and the Browns, who might be the best defense in football, you're dealing with that otherworldly standard. I, I agree with the defense of where you'd put them, but conversely, if you start matching up offenses, Cincinnati has the ability to be the most high potent offense in that division. I would say, I think, I would say it's probably them and Lamar Jackson's. I, I would agree, but but I think overall, since he has the ability to pile points up more than Baltimore does, well, we'll see as yeah. it goes on. But to your point about defense, and this is age old thing to say you're in all the games if your defense is playing well exactly yeah. and, and we've seen Lou Anarum will be able to craft defenses specifically for the right moments to be the perfect complement right. to that offense that you're right we've seen their ceiling be the highest of anyone in this division we believe Baltimore's can get there and it's growing there under Todd Munkin but not quite yet let's get to this one dad the not a dolphin award for this uh, week six, uh, the player who put up huge numbers, who wasn't a part of the Dolphins offense. It seems like those guys, we just kind of expect to do it no matter who's in the lineup every week. I want to go with our former Notre Dame fighting Irish brethren, Kyron Williams. 
who has been a revelation yes, has. so far in a backfield where the Rams team that we talked about had to hit in the margins now. You forsaked all your first-round draft picks, bleep them picks to go out and get the Super Bowl. All right, job well done. You got that. But now you've had to have young players step up. And we focused on the receiving core in the absence of Cooper Cup. But you look at Kyron Williams this last weekend and what he was able to do for this team, over 150 yards rushing in this game. Banged up now. It sounds like he's not going to be right, going right. against the Steelers this upcoming weekend, but they don't expect that to be a long-term injury. For a guy that we knew was a great running back coming out of hot college, had had to make a lot happen at times behind an offensive line that wasn't doing as well for him, phenomenal pass protector. He's given them everything so far. Yeah, he has. And oh, by the way, as we were leaving SoFi last night, he was on a billboard. I, I thought, how, how cool that? was that? Yeah. Like, it was a fantasy football yeah. board that had him up as one of the top DFS players for that day. And it just was amazing to see for that guy again in this last game, 20 carries for 158 yards and a touchdown average, just a shade under eight yards a carry and was an absolute batter against the Cardinals defense, right. a division opponent and one who had been pretty salty against some other teams that we really seen. jumped onto the scene a few weeks ago, getting a couple of short yardage touchdowns a couple of weeks in a row. All of a sudden, everybody wanted him on their fantasy team because he was getting in the end zone even though it wasn't for a lot of yards. Now he finally gets a lot of yards. I'm going to go with the team we just, we've just been talking about. The Lions beat uh, Tampa 20-6. to six. I'm on Ross St. Brown. 12 catches, 124 yards, and a touchdown. I mean, that offense, you talked about it, what, fourth in points in the league yeah. or where they are? And, and they did that last year as well. This guy is just having him say, you know, he gets nicked up at times. But – Big in this game for the Lions, so that that's that's my non Miami player. <laughs> yeah, no, it may, and and huge for them offensively in terms of what they're going to try and do overall. Jameson Williams, by the way, too, in that game coming back in, coming back in, what he's able to do for them after that suspension right. and trying to be that deep threat. We saw that one touchdown, and everyone's eyes kind of lit up and thought, "All right, this is what it could potentially be here." Um, all right, let's get down to the next one here. Like you never left award, the player who filled in for an injured guy performed pretty well. Over the weekend, Dad, in a game full of current and former New England Patriots, as Bill Belichick took on his former disciple, Mike Daniels, out in Sin City. Kind of funny to see Brian to be the guy to go do it, right? I'll Year 15 it. or whatever, yeah. for subbing in as Jimmy Garoppolo went out early in that game with a back injury that they're going to be monitoring there. Had to be pretty cool for him and just another slight towards the New England Patriots and Bill Belichick as they continue to have that downward spiral on their season and to do it in the hands of one of his favorite former sons has got to be brutal. Yeah, yeah, and, and Bill obviously didn't see all his former players as Adam Butler from uh, Vegas was mad again. He you didn't think he say... went up and said hi to Brian Hoyer? I feel like Brian Hoyer might have been above that line. Oh, I think without a doubt he, he'd have been above that line. I, I feel I bet he did. Adam Butler, man, I would love to so, walk through life with that confidence. So I, I tell you, as bad as they're playing, it wouldn't have shocked me if Bill just, you know, shook hands uh, with uh, – with Josh McDaniels and then walked off the field and said, I'm done. I'm not well, saying hi to anybody. Man, I tell you what, it wouldn't have been the frostiest handshake we saw between former assistants this weekend. I'll give you the frostiest handshake of the weekend award. Did you see Brian Dable and Sean McDermott after the I Bills not, Giants no. game? That was a quick a drive-by really? there. I don't want to be too much of a body language expert on here, but that didn't look like the handshake of two guys that were excited to see each other at midfield. Wow. The former offensive well, yeah. coordinator yeah. for the Buffalo Bills. We know there's a lot of familiarity between those two organizations. Go back. I'll play the game tape of that before oh, this segment's over that. to get your reaction because it was ice cold. Always interesting in the old coaching circles about that. My, uh, uh, like you never left a word. I'm going to give it to Chuba Hubbard. I mean, even though Carolina lost, 
Miles Sanders, you know, signed there uh, to be the back. It was Chuba Hubbard who got the gig uh, in that game. 19 carries, averaged just about five yards per carry. So, you know, you, you're the guy, and then they bring in somebody else, and you're relegated to a backup, and then you come in to get your chance, and you, and you make the most of it. As I said, in a loss, but then you start to look at, at the loss, individual productivity and effort, and, you know, getting about five yards of carry is pretty good. I, you know what, I say this, it, it, I, I hate being this, you know, I don't know what the, I don't want to be like demeaning, but it felt like a win in its own way that the Panthers had that 14 nothing lead yeah. on a team like yeah. the Dolphins for as long as they did. It felt like something to build on, maybe. And so they can kind of take care of business with that. Here it is, Dad. Here's the handshake after the game. You barely even saw it. I mean, they, I, I, you you're barely, right. You could barely even see it. Watch it again. This is the handshake between Brian. Oh, and yeah. Brian. And they just turned away. Oh, yeah. There, there's definitely bad blood there. Drama. Something. Drama. I mean, something that that I don't know. Do you know anything about it? Someone may know. Maybe someone will let us know. But, yeah, that looked like there was absolutely no love loss for a couple of guys that used to work together. All right, oh, in this coaching world, everybody works together. That is true. The team picture every year yeah. just ripe with old buddies. Um, let's finish it off. Dad, a minute left here. Open a bakery award. Who supplied the most turnovers mm. in week six in the NFL? I hate to do this man Gardner Minshew yeah we were all excited for the revenge game there the Mississippi mud flap going back down to Jacksonville to try and ignite his boys and now might have to do it extended time and dead one of the more competent backups in the league we had talked about it but just a brutal outing against his former team multiple picks at critical junctures never really felt like they had that's where I was going as well I mean you know he's probably one of the most trusted backups in the league to think maybe this team wouldn't dip much you know, not having the rookie Anthony Richardson in there, and Minshew is going to be starting the rest of the year, it looks like, right now. But I go with Minshew as well. I, I didn't think he would be throwing three picks in this one. Had to put it up there a bunch. 55 passing yeah. attempts in this game. Probably not going to be the formula you want to win going forward. We'll finish this off the way we always know. This, that, and the third. Coming up in a couple blocks. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And now that the Boston Celtics have slayed the boogeyman in the Miami Heat, Boston fans, we feel a little bit more confident about the situation. You can decide right now, and if you're new to DraftKings, you can also check this out. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code GOJO. That's code GOJO for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome back to Gojo and Golik. The Phillies kicked off the NLCS by going up 1-0, defeating the Diamondbacks 5-3. Good stuff. And guess what? It was Bryce Harper's 31st birthday. Okay, pretty cool. He celebrated with a home run and blew out his candles in a celebration. Look at that. Oh, 31, blowing out his candles. And then in the postgame presser, he was asked how he came up with this ingenious celebration. I don't know. It's crazy. I just 
sometimes I just do stuff and that, that felt uh, that felt right. So I thought I'd uh, step on home plate and, and do that. Um, but I just thought about it as I was running around third base. Um, that I'd do it. Guys, I don't know why that just makes me absolutely crack up because that's probably the least crazy thing I've ever seen in my life. Like, it's like, how'd yeah. you come up with that one? Like, well, it's my 31st birthday. Also, <laughs> not crazy at all. Um, but as you just saw, we had on the touch, uh, Bryce Harper is the fourth player to homer on his birthday in the postseason. So pretty cool. I feel like this Phillies team is well, going to own every obscure home yeah, run record yeah. that you can come up with because they just refuse to stop mashing dingers. All of the money that they spent on guys and bats all seem to be paying off in massive, massive quantities. So uh, it, 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 three players, uh, Castellanos, Nick, and and it was Trey Turner and Harper are $750 million between those three. That's going to be fun team players, man. Castellanos and uh, Harper, along with Schwarber last night, yeah. hit home runs. They were up five zip after the fifth, ended up winning five to three. How about, how about? I mean, it, it is amazing how they're hitting the ball and how they're knocking it out of the park and just what they're able to do, I guess, only to be outdone by the counterparts in the American League, what the Rangers are doing because they haven't lost yet. Yeah, they refuse to give way there. But this Philly seems become the fascination, right? Just because I think of all that personality, like hearing Bryce Harper's 31. He's been in the league since 2012. Like my adult baseball lifetime has only known Bryce Harper. And he was obviously one of those teenage phenoms. He was that LeBron James of baseball coming into his career. So we've known him forever. And to hear that he is three years younger than me was deeply humbling because We've talked about faces of baseball a lot, Dad, and he was a guy for a while. He was certainly one of those guys in the conversation, especially during his time in Washington, but he's a face of postseason baseball yeah. in where he shows up. Like Shohei Itani, Aaron Judge, some of the guys we've seen in the last couple regular seasons, no doubt have done incredible things, the likes of which we can't really comprehend. But Bryce Harper is postseason baseball, and he's continued this pace. They're a team with a ton of personality. It just seems like it's all coming together for them where, yeah, Texas has been great. They've been a phenomenal story this postseason. As you mentioned, no blemishes so far. But it feels like we're all honed in on the Phillies now that we've got all those 100-win teams yeah. out of the way. Everybody loves the long ball, and it's great to be on a list. And we talk about uh, Castellanos, Nick Castellanos, and what he's done. How about this list? You talk about postseason. Who do you think of in postseason? You say Mr. October. Sure. That's Reggie Jackson. Castellanos has five home runs in a three-game postseason span. That ties with Reggie Jackson. I mean, that's some pretty good company right there. I mean, he's got places where he's his own company. He's yeah. the only player to have back-to-back -back games in back the postseason in, with, multiple with multiple home, home runs. runs. Yeah, like, pretty impressive. He, he has cemented himself in some pretty rarefied air. Bryce Harper doing all this. You have Kelsey brothers there yeah. hanging out, pumping beers in the suite right now. No Taylor Swift, which, you know, I'm glad they were able to still get the win without, you know, the Midas touch that had been going around the sports world. But guys, Bryce Harper doing it on his birthday. Do either of you remember an actual good birthday of yours? Bryce Harper had said, especially because of the timing of his birthday for a baseball player, obviously you'd love to go out here and play on your birthday because it means you're playing well in to the postseason. I don't really ever remember having a birthday that felt like it stuck out from all the rest of them. Jesse, did anything like even like 21st birthday stick out to you? Uh, no, I my night ended quite early on my 21st birthday because I overdid it. Um, so not that wasn't a memorable one. I would say I mean, I just had a birthday on Sunday 
And but I would say that my most memorable ones were when I was a little kid because I had a Halloween themed birthday every year. That was sick. Oh, so it was like a oh, costume a party, birthday. spooky birthday every year. So everyone wore costumes. We did apple bobbing and stuff like that. And I had like a ghost cake and stuff. So I would say like the little kid birthdays were my favorite. I, she says she doesn't remember her 21st birthday. Mike, I have to say that's that's your mother. Her oh. 21st birthday was just yeah it. She does not remember a lot of it. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so, mom spent that night wrapped around a toilet, right? Yes, she did. Yes, she did. My girl. That was a, that was a, a, a rough, rough night for her. I, the one I remember because it, it turned out to be kind of nasty what I did. Dear God. When I was 30, was with the Eagles, and we had some players, you know, we, we had a little, little party, and our best friends on the team, one of them got me a big tub of chocolate pudding and a thong. So a, a person you were teammates with. Dave Alexander, who was a center. Yeah, for, oh, yeah. yeah. I was say, yeah. So, so they got me a thong and a big, big tub of chocolate pudding because I loved pudding. Now, that's not the worst part of it. The worst part of it is I was eating pudding out of the tub that later that night while wearing the thong in front of your mother. Oh, oh. oh and and here's the thing. And I even so Dave to, didn't have to see you in the thought. No, 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 no. Because that seems like what we talked about the other day with the run check and Brian Dable, where yeah. you don't call a play with a run check if you don't want to check to the run. Yeah. You don't get one of your friends a thong if you don't want to see your friend in a thong. So I was really worried yeah, you guys I, got close in a way that I, no one should. I didn't run and change into the thong. I waited to go home. And so this is when I'm 30 years old. I'm a I'm a pro ball player, so I'm supposed to have a pretty good body, in athletic theory. body, in theory, exactly. Because I put that thong on and certainly, you know, walked in front of your mother, and I, she almost had a reaction like her 21st birthday and had to hug the toilet and throw up and looking at that. I even looked at myself and said, man, that's awful. I mean, I, I'm I mean, supposed to be in the best were... shape of my life, and I, it looked awful. I mean, you did say you were eating pudding in a thong, was, so you yeah. don't see how those things kind of run counter what to a, each other. Go ahead and visualize that one out of your dad. I didn't think yeah. it could get worse than the butt photo. That's yeah. my thing is I thought we had peaked in terms of the awful images that yeah. I had burned into my brain of you. This one, mercifully, I can't really concoct yeah, because it was, it wasn't, I've been I, able to I, block out fat you from my brain for a while. I, I, I tried to have some fun in front of your mother with that one. And like I said, as I looked, I thought, I mean, you couldn't see some of the straps on the thong because I had a little fat hanging over it. It was it wasn't pretty. Jesse, stop making that face, okay? I'm just Let's trying to, it. I'm, I'm thinking in my mind that that was actually, it sounds like to me, it was the only time that you've ever gotten into the, a bath first. I, I would say your wife didn't, <laughs> didn't get into that afterwards, right? So that was the only yes. time you've ever been the first person in the tub. Yes, my father, who famously will not take a bath drawn himself, he will only use my mother's retread bath yep. water. Yep. Yep. He will look over at her longingly on the couch and say, "Hun, we thinking about a bath? Thinking about a bath? Have her go in, create yeah. mom soup, yep. and then he will go in and sit in that lukewarm soup that no, my no. mom has already made. I, I heat it up. I throw some hot water over the top. Oh, you zhuzh it oh, up a little. You marinate that. Yeah. I it up a little. I will say this: I don't know how people wear thongs. Very uncomfortable. Yeah, they're not comfortable, Very. but we've been tricked. Women have been tricked into thinking that there's something horrifying about seeing a woman's panty line. Like, there's nothing more disgusting than knowing that a woman's wearing underwear. So instead, you have to wear so, butt so you floss. Live, ah! so, so you live with the you live with the discomfort 
just because of that. Thank you to the patriarchy. Yes. I was just going to say. We, do. We, we just saw, like, we see high heels all the time. And yeah. every time I see them, the laws of physics seem, there are two things that make zero sense in my brain. How airplanes get off the ground. Yeah. Still, I mean, I took physics classes. You can explain to me the shape of the wing and how it creates the vacuum underneath and all this stuff. That makes no sense to me. And then how the hell women walk in heels? Yeah, yeah. well, I don't I, understand it. You know why high heels were created by a man to make it harder for women to run away because they can't really walk <laughs> in them, can they? I mean, don't they do that? They do that like race every year where people don't they run like a 5K yeah. in heels or yeah. something? Yeah. So once again, women managing to overcome circumstances through sheer will and strength. I, listen, I wore heels twice and fell both times. Yeah. Hmm? I'm not surprised. What? what? I'm not surprised you. I'm not what? surprised you fell. What? After the thong story, I'm not mm -hmm. surprised he wore heels either. Maybe I wore th heels with thong. <laughs> you don't know that I didn't. Oh my God, Only what's your stage name? Only my wife knows that. And she'll never tell because she's too busy retching. Oh my God. All right. Well, we're going to try and go get my mom the therapy she needs and finish this show off with what we always do. This, that, and the third. Maybe. <laughs> It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, welcome back to Gojo and Golik. Michael Jr., Mike Golik Sr., Jesse Cofield. Let's get the hell away from a day full of thongs and puddings and yeah, <laughs> get to this, that, and the third. Three quick stories to send you off on your way. As always, make sure you download, subscribe, rate, review. Leave us that five-star rating and check us out here live. Or if you missed any of it, and our special thanks to Lomas Brown, who joined mm -hmm. us, uh, one of the members of the 75th anniversary Detroit Lions squad. Talk about their season. If you missed it, you can get it wherever you get your podcast. You can get it on YouTube under the Gojo and Golik tab on DraftKings YouTube page. But, Dad, let's get to this, that, and the third. And start off with this. This is a heavily tattooed show, largely because of, well, really, I don't only because Jesse, of many tattoos, do you? No, I don't. I don't. All right, it's only you, then. So this is a heavily tattooed show because I have decided to make a lot of strange decisions in my 20s. Not as strange as this one, though. This went viral don't yesterday. The Brooklyn Nets posted don't this picture of Ben Simmons. Oh, with a fan after one of their preseason games asking the fan to show off a tattoo on his chest of Ben Simmons. Dad, where does this rank among right. the poor so, decisions a person can make? So you guys obviously chime in on this. Correct me if you think, think I'm wrong. Getting a tattoo of a person, unless it's a family, a loved one, someone maybe who has passed or someone, sure. someone close to you, getting a tattoo of a face of somebody you have no attachment with to me, is only if you lose a bet. It's the only way you're doing that. To go out and actually do that because you want to do that, I got a lot of issues with that person. To me, the only time you do that is because you've lost a bet. I, so my thing with this is I can understand somewhat, like I've seen guys do like historical figures tattooed on them, people who are, you know, stand the test of time, titans, and, you know, I've seen guys, it, different things like that that make somewhat sense to That's me. That's not Ben Simmons, Could you by imagine the way. <laughs> taking off your shirt to like get intimate with someone? And the lights might still be on. I said, like, baby, what's that? 
Oh, that's my Ben Simmons tattoo. Yeah. Stare at Ben Simmons. Like, I if mean, that's the first time you're getting to know a person that yeah. way, they would be well within that's their done, rights. That's right, to leave, right? Yeah. Ben Simmons' face said it all. Ben Simmons looked at the camera like, I mean, his he didn't even approve of the Ben Simmons tattoo. But but he gave the, the kid something, right? And, I, yeah. and the, the smart thing to do, because you never know what's going to go on. Sure. I mean, if yeah, someone tattoos yeah. their face on you. Ooh, I will ooh, say, ooh. the only cool face tattoo of a non-famous, well, somewhat famous person that I will endorse, Juju Gotti, has a picture of Greg Cody's cartoon face on his calf. He showed it to me for the first time at the Atlanta Super Bowl. It was the first time I met Juju before he started working with the Levitar guys. And he said he had been going through some tough times, and he actually said, Listening to the Levitard show, listening to us on Golik and Wingo back in the day helped him get through some of those tough times. It was an awesome tattoo. It actually helped spark the relationship between him and the Levitard show that ended now. And so it was a great story behind that. And so I loved that for Juju. It was an awesome tattoo of Greg Cody, who's a legend. I want to know what prompted this guy to get the Ben's. Like, what about Ben Simmons' career trajectory has necessitated the tattoo? How much would it would it? deject Ben Simmons at Ben. Look at that. And then Ben said, hey, why'd you get that? And the kid said, I lost a bet. Yeah, that'd <laughs> probably be a real deflator, wouldn't it? That'd be a tough, tough scene there. Um, so from that uh, to putting it on wax for life to trying to put it on wax for money, Jesse, let's get to some trademarks that are going on right now. I have the most controversial play in American football right now. Oh, yeah. The Eagles have filed a trademark for Brotherly Shove. Okay, so on October 10th, they filed which is basically letting us know that the Eagles are planning to offer brotherly shove clothing. So they're basically doing this so they can sell us T-shirts, sweatshirts, sweatband, what, what have you, anything in the team store. And, I mean, hey, we're trademarking everything these days, but I think people would be into brotherly shove branded clothing. I would, Jesse, I would be stunned if somebody didn't already grab that and then we'll sell it to the players from the Eagles for an exorbitant amount of money. Yeah, that's I mean, smart. I would be amazed if somebody didn't already have that. That's I smart. I feel like the trademarking process is pretty difficult. I don't know if it'd be as easy as squatting on a Twitter handle like but, that. But there's a lot smarter people out there that see an opportunity and see it, it's on the way lesser side. It was like Twitter handles. You wanted a certain Twitter handle, but somebody grabbed it, yeah, knowing I mean. that that person would come for it. I, I would again be stunned. If that wasn't already off the market as far as something you could trademark and they would have to decide, do we want to pay for that? Wait, our producer just slacked me. He was like, what about sweatpants with brotherly shove right on the butt? Oh, that like would the be... old Juicy Couture sweatpants yeah. that had the writing on the butt. Slates, oh, that's your see. idea, but sorry. I, I bet the Eagles are going to take it after watching this. But I do have to say, there's going to be people who don't know you know, people who aren't football people who don't know what it is. Could you imagine one of those people seeing somebody walking around with brotherly shoved sweatpants? Well, it'd be it's like be- a kick me sign. It would be better if uh, it, to not know about that than not know about, you know, the tush push. And if yeah. that was going. <laughs> yeah. <and if> brotherly <laughs> right, shoved, right. definitely the yeah. lesser of two evils. Exactly. There, yeah. I can tell you already what's going to happen here. I'll just let you guys in on this because I'm sure among the people who would be allowed to use and license this would be the friend, our friends Jason and Travis Kelsey over at the New Heights podcast. Yes. We have a merch store there who also happen to be connected to the most famous woman on planet Earth who was ah. most recently seen in a booth wearing Aaron Andrews' special line of NFL collaborative clothing oh, that Aaron's that? crew had sent her. Wow. And so I'd imagine it'd be pretty easy for Taylor Swift, who is an Eagles fan by trade, to all of a sudden show up to the next outing, wherever that may be, wearing a brotherly shove shirt 
to maybe try and help out the cause here for the family. And if they and if somebody made that up on their own, the person who has a trademark right now is going to sue Taylor Swift for for money. Let me tell you what's not going to happen. Yeah, you are not going to get over on that woman's legal team. Yeah, I no. don't know if you've seen. She just spent the entire last couple of years re-releasing albums to get over on someone oh, yeah. who once had the possession of the masters yeah. of her old album. So I promise you. That's not the one to try. If you're the person out there thinking about doing that and you've gone down that road, there's still a chance to stop, to think better for yourself I, and your own safety. I'm telling you right now, and, and somebody would have to check, I bet it's already in the process of being trademarked and protected right now. I'd be very surprised because we've already really? got, I mean, look at what Deion Sanders has been able to trademark already this year. He filed for Coach Prime, which is germane to him, so I definitely, right. but it's personal. Yes. I mean, people have been saying it's personal for I don't know how long. He's been saying that publicly for God knows how long and just filed for this for the last week. Also, Prime Effect and Daddy Buck. I want to know where Daddy what Buck is. Daddy from. Buck. I, I'm, that one I'm lost on. Not going to lie. He's waiting Move to it. introduce it. We're going to wait for that to enter the Deion Sanders narrative universe, which took a decided step back this week. Yes, after it did. Losing up 29 points against Stanford, giving that back in the second half. Now we're all wondering about can they get a the couple of more wins to get bowl eligible. It's getting a little iffy and tricky. The back half of that schedule yep. looks a little bit difficult. You saw a stern message sent by Deion Sanders and that coaching staff about the practice habits around Absolutely. there. And so we're seeing some of the danger of maybe the way that that team yep. put together and how when things start to hit the fan, now all of a sudden resetting that culture that Deion Sanders rejected at the beginning as, of the season at, feels like a little more difficult conversation. As he has said to, to the other coaches, get us now, because I, I do agree, at least for however long he may be there or building this, this, this program back up, is get us now. That's the worst we're going to be because he's going to find the weaknesses on that team and build it up through – uh, uh, recruiting or the portal. Yeah, we will We will see. Right now, they are having to overcome. This is the most adversity Deion Sanders has yep. seen as a head coach so far in his career. Jesse, oh, no, let's get no. to the third. No. There's no clever segue for this. Please just tell us what we sent to the group chat today. Okay, so one of the women who was on Teen Mom just had her fifth child, and she posted a photo of her <clears throat> placenta no. smoothie so that is a smoothie made from her placenta that comes out of your body after you have a baby <laughs> yeah all right so listen i am as a person without a child a little bit unfamiliar with the placenta in reality i understand what the placenta is i went through enough health classes there yeah, yeah. you guys have both you know i have seen it i've seen, seen it i have seen, seen it. it jesse is has also seen it oh, shit. Well, yeah it Lived looks it. like a steak yeah. it looks like a raw steak so people puree steak and and, and i don't i wouldn't drink that either uh, so, Jesse, any thought about this at all of saying, okay, I'll give it a go? No, for two reasons. One, that looks like a chunky placenta smoothie, and I don't oh. want anything to do with that. I think I would throw it up. Two, what about a spoon? There's no, no, there's no medical evidence that there's any benefit to any of this. It's like one of those things where it's like someone was like, you can get all these nutrients, and the doctors are like, that's not true. And everyone's just started eating them. I don't know why. My throw up is right here. I mean, it's, what, you can it's mix like a couple of strawberries in there, some cinnamon. <laughs> you know where you can get a lot of vitamins and nutrients? Downloading, subscribing, rating, and reviewing this podcast, leaving it a five star rating, blending it up, and ingesting it. Thanks so much. We'll talk to you tomorrow.
For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.